Welcome to the weekly message from Unity North Tampa, presented here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Today's message is the Seven Spiritual Laws of Release, the Law of Giving, and it was recorded on Sunday, October 2nd, 2022. Uh, did any of you learn, like I did, that somehow life was supposed to be hard and that you were supposed to struggle? Yeah, some of us are still unlearning that idea. So when we come to church and when we come into spiritual community, part of what I want you to feel is free. I want you to feel at home. I want you to be able to feel at peace. I want you to remember that we live in an abundant universe. We live in an abundant universe. And I'm telling you, sometimes that's hard to remember. So I love when you come to church to remember that because every time you're here, it helps me remember it too. Right? We live in an abundant universe. God's will for me is good. Will you say with me, God's will for me is good together? God's will for me is good. And when I say good, I mean ultimate good. I mean all the good that I can dream of. Not bad things happen. I'm supposed to say, oh yeah, I guess that's God's will. That's what I learned was God's will. Raise your hand if that ever happened to you. Something bad happened, so we said that's God's will. No, no. God's will for me is good. Now, is there also this grander, wider, more expansive good that even includes those things? Yes. But I think when we learned, well, that's God's will, we say, well, I don't think I'm going to talk to God very much then if that's God's will. I think I'm going to go the other way. Let's try drinking. <laughs> let's try Let's try going to the bars and see if we can find some good spirits there. <laughs> and many of us went down that road. Or, hey, let's get high, you know? Yeah, you know, get by with a little help from my friends. Ooh, I get high with, yeah. I just watched Woodstock the other day. Wow, the documentary. That was incredible. What a time. What a time. So we live in an abundant universe, and God's will for me is good. There's a grander good than the world can ever give. And there's a grander good that people, most people, don't even know exists. And one of the reasons I'm so on fire about the unity teachings is, I think if the world knew what we knew, it would look very different from the way it looks today. Amen? If we knew that we were all holy, if we all knew that God was everywhere, if we all knew that God lived in each of us, that each of us had value, can you imagine what it would look like in the corporations of today? Can you imagine customer service would actually be customer service? Okay, can I have an amen on that one? And that we would know that the people were there to protect us actually were there to protect us. Yeah. So see, the world could be better than it is if we live from these principles. And that's why we're studying these seven principles. So I wrote a book several years ago, and it's called Seven Spiritual Laws Release. And I wrote it for a church because I was uh, looking for materials. And everything I read, I said, my church knows all that. Nope, my church knows all that. Nope, my church knows all that. We had studied so many other people. I said, well, what if I just went to God in my own experience and tried to put together all of the spiritual laws that I know into one book that have made my life work? 
And every day I'm learning more. Every day I'm right along the journey with you. By no means is my life perfect. I make mistakes. I have learnings. I'm growing and evolving. But what I know is that the seven principles in this book are tried and true. And they are also found, as far as I know, except for one, in every world religion in some form. But how I talk about them in here is that it relates to my journey and my work with others. And I know if you choose to read it, that you will be blessed by it. And I am blessed by rereading it. Of course, I'm editing as I go as well. But I hope you'll join with me in the study. So what we're doing for seven weeks, we're going to be doing this book. So we're going to take one law, one of the spiritual laws of release every single week. And the reason we're doing that is because a lot of times it seems like when we're doing a book, we're doing several chapters and we're rushing through. I want you to be able to spend a whole week really focusing on one single law. Because sometimes, right now, I think as a culture, we're in information overload, right? We have all the information we'll ever need. You don't know anything, what do you do? You Google it. Or you Wikipedia it, which is, we know, not even true, but we do that too. Right? So what do we do? We just, we just look it up. So we don't need more information. We need more what? We need more collaboration, more creation, more, uh, more unity, right? More acting out of the things that we know the good that we know. And that's what this book is about, is that two, there's two things well, you must know going into reading this book. One is, God's will for me is good. Say that with me one more time. God's will for me is good. God's will for me is good. And the second is, if God's will for you is good, then there must be a way for you to bring about that good into your life. Okay? So we are not victims to life. Life does not happen to us, but through us. We in unity, and especially me under my teaching, I expect all of us to be 100% responsible for our lives. That does not mean we don't get help. That does not mean we don't need support. That does not mean, you know, we don't seek out the proper help that we need at times, whether that's therapeutic work or uh, uh, some type of recovery or 12-step. We, we get support, but we're responsible for our decisions. So in these seven weeks, you are going to be in a deeper level of spiritual responsibility if you practice them maybe than ever before. Because these principles are going to challenge you to some new behaviors. Because what I believe, if God's will for us is good, and there must be a way for us to experience that good, then what is in the way if I'm not experiencing it? Something is in the way. And my belief and my understanding from working with thousands of people over 30 years is that we all hold on to things, to ideas, to literally physical stuff that keeps us anchored in the past rather than in the present and open to all the good the universe has for us. And what's so interesting is I've worked with all types of individuals. Right now, I'm working with CEO of a company, of uh, a teacher, a therapist, uh, an a Olympic athlete. And you know what? They're all doing the exact same things that we are. They're saying, how are my thoughts, how are my self-limiting beliefs and ideas holding me back? They're saying, what do I need to release? Right? What do I need to release? People come to me and say, I want relationship. And I go, okay, cool. Tell me about your schedule. And they say, Sunday I do this. Monday I do that. Tuesday I do that. Wednesday I do that. And I say, well, let me just stop you. I had a Thursday, Friday, Saturday look. And they say, full. And I say, you need to clear your schedule, honey. You're never going to get a relationship. You're too busy. 
something real simple. She said, oh my goodness. You mean just me being busy is sending the wrong message. I said, there's no space in your life for the thing you say you want. You're so busy being busy. Oh, see what I'm saying? Okay, so these are like subtle things so we don't think about. And today is usually the toughest one for people because it's about giving. So today is the law of giving. Look at the person next to you say, it's the law of giving. You're going to be okay. Okay, let's do number one. Number one. Okay. <laughs> the law of giving. The law of many names. So what is the law of giving? So the law of giving is, many call it the law of circulation. Some call it the law of karma. Some call it the law of cause and effect. Right? So it's a law of many names. But basically, what this law is, the law of giving says, whatever you put out is what you get back. In science, it says this way, for every, there's an equal and opposite. That's right. Life returns to you like a boomerang. Right? And so what's so funny about that, we all know it. We said it almost in unison. And yet, we get, we things arrive on our door and we say, what are you doing here? Right? Oh, man, I had a friend that moved. He was in a real tough situation. He said, I just got to get out of here, man. I got to get out of Dodge, and he moved. Six months later, he calls me. He goes, you know what? I don't know what I did wrong. I got up here, and you know what? I have the same problems I had down there in Texas. I said, I wonder why. He said, even some of the people look the same. <laughs> and I, he said, and they're doing the same exact things, right? I said, yeah, I hear you. I say, I said, I wonder, I wonder why that happened. He said, I think it's me. <laughs> I said, I love you for that, man. I love you, peace, you know. Yeah, so the law of many names, the law of many names, whatever I, whatever I put back out in the universe comes back. And there's a lot of scriptural evidence for this. I want to make sure you know, these are not just ideas, you know, I sat around, thought up one day, and, and thought I'd write down. Let's look at number two. There's a lot of scriptural evidence or scriptural basis for this teaching. It's all through Jesus's ministry. And there's one spot even where, you know, Jesus says, forgive and you will be what? Forgiven. It also says, judge and you shall be what? Right, right, right. So what's so strange about learning spiritual laws, and as it, especially as it relates to giving, if there's any place you feel a constriction, the very thing you need to do is give, which is the opposite of what the mind is telling you, right? If you feel like you don't have enough money, what do you want to do? Instead of somehow finding a way to give or be of service, and law of service is another one, by the way. So right now, though, today is about giving. Just think about that. So if you're feeling constricted in your financial life, it's time to give somewhere. Give where your money makes a difference. It's not just about giving to bills. We all have to do that. Yeah, I don't think anybody gets out of the paying the taxes and bills. That's just, but there's more to it. And when you, you, when you give to places that are making a difference, that are spiritually feeding you, that are supporting your journey, what you're saying is, I'm investing in that. 
I want more of that, right? And that sends a sign to the universe. And the first recorded gift in the Bible is from Abraham giving to his spiritual teacher, Melchizedek. And we know from history, the Jews have always prospered. This is an understanding about that law of giving or law of circulation. Some call it the law of tithing. So let's look at a couple other scriptures. I just want to give you a couple of these. And this, I say a version of this every single week of the offering. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. So as we're thinking about our giving in whatever way, in whatever aspect of life, whatever, if you're, if you're giving and you're not receiving as you expect to receive, then there is, there may be another area for you to work on. That's why there's seven spiritual laws. It's not just one. A lot of times people talk about tithing and say, if you just tithe 10%, every problem in your life will go away. And that's just not true. I, I wish it were that easy. I wish it were that easy. I have a good friend uh, I worked with. He's you know, CEO of this huge company. He said, you know, do you have a map for this spiritual journey thing? He said, you'd be a millionaire if you did. I said, well, we're getting there. We're getting there. I said, there's not exactly a map, but there are signs along the way. And in the book, especially in this chapter, you start to learn about asking and looking for signs. All right, so given it will be given to you. In other words, however you give is how you're going to receive, right? As you give, you shall receive. Say that with me. As you give, you shall receive. So true, so true. Let's look at one other scripture here. Um, all right. You know what? This is a little long, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. Yep, yep, let's do it. When they reached Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? And by the way, pause. They were always trying to get Jesus on things. Have you noticed that? Okay, back to this. All right. He said, yes, he does. And he came home. Jesus spoke of it first, asking, what do you think, Simon? From whom do kings of the earth take toil or tribute from their children or from others? Next slide. When Peter said, from others, Jesus said to him, then the children are free. However, so that we do not give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook. Take the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth, you will find a coin. Take that and give it to them for you and me. Now, is that crazy? So what Jesus was saying is, wherever you are, when you're living by the law, enough is going to show up. And he said, I'm going to prove it to you. Go, go down into the water and get that fish. And in that fish, there's going to be a coin. Now, whether you believe it or not, the coin is there. I'm paraphrasing. And so what happens? Okay, pays the tax, done. In other words, when you are living in the flow of life, when you are doing what's yours to do, somehow it appears seemingly out of nowhere. Seemingly out of nowhere. Have you ever received something financial seemingly out of nowhere? Yeah, yeah. So we want to talk about how we vision that and how we start to make that happen, our manifesting power. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. So lots of scriptures around as you give, so too shall you receive. So during the week this week, I want you to be even more conscious about how are you spending, 
right? We're talking about your financial life right now. And a lot of us put out money. We were buying tarps. We were buying ropes. We were making sure we had batteries and candles. So a lot of us felt a pinch in the last couple weeks, preparing our house and, you know, and stuff like that. So think about in this coming week, what are you doing in your finances? How are you giving? How are you living in your financial life? Are you living on purpose? Are you living in the flow? Just, just be mindful about where your money's going. Because what I've noticed is that when I'm mindful, that rather than wondering where it went, I go, oh, I want this to go here and this to go here. I'm giving an extra little gift today to Unity North Tampa. I know I want to do that. I know I want to do that because I got something unexpected, right? So I want to keep that flow going. I want to say, thank you, God. Here you go. Yep. I want to say thank you to the universe because I know every time I give from my finances, I'm saying, I trust there's more. See that? So when I'm holding, holding, holding like this, if I'm, if I'm constricting, there's no way I'm going to be in the flow if I'm in fear, right? So we don't want to give from fear. We want to give in the, from, from love and being in the flow, right? Say to the person next to you, stay in the flow. Stay in the flow, man. <laughs> so, so I want to talk about our desire because desire is so important and the law of giving because we all have things we want, don't we? I mean, amen. You know, if you're younger, you want a car. If you're a certain age, you want to get married. If you're a certain age, oh, somebody's laughing at that one. Okay, sorry. Okay, maybe you want divorce. I don't know. Yeah. But there are things we want. There are things we want. And so, <laughs> that was funny. I did not expect that. <laughs> I was like, and I have no idea what I was about to say. <laughs> so, when there are things we desire. So, um, a lot of times when you hear New Thought people and a lot of manifestation teachers, they'll say, just whatever you want, go for it, set the goal and have it. Now, that's true. And it is an important part of the law to begin to understand that we are powerful co-creators, that I can think about it, that I can focus on it, and that I can draw that good to me. That's super, super important. If there's something you want, yes, we participate in that law. But there are desires of things that we want that are not good for us. And they're the desires of the lower nature. And so there becomes this spiritual maturity as we walk through this journey a little bit and our desires rather than for things start to be about God because you know the scriptures say seek ye first the kingdom and all the other things will be added but sometimes when when we don't know better we just want stuff well the stuff is fine but it'll never give you what you really want and I believe in some way all the mystics say God will give you all you want till all you want is God. Right? And what I love about this community is that a lot of us have already tried the things and we're ready for God. We're ready for something new. I want to read to you, though, a quote. Um, a brilliant uh, psychotherapist, her name was Marion Woodman, uh, Woodman, who said, Life's great challenge is in developing an integration between the spirit and the body. From this in integration, there arises a divine tension. Oh, that's the wrong quote. 
that's hilarious. That's a great quote, but it has nothing to do with what I was about to say. It does, but not in the way I was thinking. Okay. The last sentence, let me read it to you. From this integration arises a divine tension allowing for a new consciousness to unfold. So what I'm talking about is holding a consciousness of what we desire. And sometimes if we're in the lower desires, you know, it takes a minute. And so if we don't answer the lower desire, something new unfolds and something higher and better. Right? So sometimes in the realm of relationship, we say, well, I'm just going to stick with this because this is what I know even though something better is right around the corner. Or sometimes we stay in a job, even though we hate it. We say, well, I don't know. Yeah. I got a paycheck, whatever. I pay my bills, you know. But you feel, feel the defeat in that. But if we can hold that tension of what we really want, then something new begins to unfold. It's not necessarily I have to leave everything I know and do something else, but maybe something new will unfold. And so that's what I mean is in this spiritual work that you're doing, desire is an important part of it. So sometimes when I talk about finances and our financial life, people say, well, I want a new this and a new that. There's nothing wrong with a new this and a new that. As a matter of fact, I'm going to get myself a new car pretty soon. I'm already giving thoughts about that. But it's not going to be because that's going to be my identity. It's because I love cars. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But that's not going to be, that's not going to be who I am. It's just going to be something that I enjoy. You see what I mean? So I'm just saying as you start to work with desire more about what is it I do really want? What's the abundant life I keep saying I want? Sometimes we're not even clear. We just think, well, I don't have it. Well, sometimes it's waiting right there because we're not clear, so, right? We, are, we haven't manifested it, but there is a manifesting power, and that's number four. So say to the person next to you, you have a manifesting power. Say that. Okay. Manifesting, manifestation. It was late when I wrote that. Okay. Manifestation power. So early in the journey for me, there was a couple things that were really important. So when I found Unity, I was at Seattle Unity, and I was playing in the band. That's how I first found Unity, and I went with a dear friend who uh, was a member there, and it just so happens I had rented half a house from the board president. <laughs> so I don't know, somehow God wanted me in Unity, I don't know. And uh, the first thing I learned was prayer. Well, from there, I said, you know, there's something really to this unity thing, and I think I'm just going to go be a minister. And people said, are you out of your mind? You just got here. I said, I, I know it sounds nuts, but I'm moving to Kansas City. <laughs> and I left my whole musical career, and I went to Kansas City. And as soon as I walked in, I started getting offered jobs. I told you a little bit about that another Sunday. So anyway, I started working at one of the largest unity churches in the movement, and then I did get into school first try. So part of our school was to do a silent retreat. We had to go away for either uh, 36 or 48 hours of no talking. You know, for me, that was a bit of a challenge. <laughs> so anyway, while I was there, Prentice, love you, buddy, you know. And while I was there, uh, 
I was walking by this bookcase. So where I was saying, let me just paint the picture. Where I was saying, it was this old barn that had been turned into a retreat center. It was called the Light Center. It's in Baldwin, Kansas. And so I was staying up in the upper loft where there was an old futon. That's what I was sleeping on. It was really... So anyway, I'm walking by this bookcase and a book jumped off the shelf. I'm not kidding you. I could not have made this up. And I'm I'm looking all around and I'm like, well, I'm the only one here. So I guess this is for me. So I start reading it. And it was about this teacher named Saibaba. And Saibaba is an avatar from the East who would do miracles like Jesus could do. And I couldn't believe my entire life I had been studying Jesus. I had read the Bible cover to cover many times. I, I was in church since before I was born and my family ran the church. My godfather was a minister and I had never heard that there was another man in the world that could do the things Jesus did. So I was like, what is this about? Well, I also started questioning, like, I'm like new to this spiritual thing. Like, I was a good Methodist. You know what I mean? What do I know about Sai Baba manifesting diamond rings out of his hand? I mean, it was a stretch. And one of the books, uh, so I came home, I lived in this small little apartment, and I was reading the book, and it said that uh, several of Sai Baba's devotees were in a meditation And that during the meditation, a rock fell out of the ceiling and into their hand. And it was a rock from the Ganges River. And I put down that book. I said, either this is complete madness or it's true. And I don't know which it is. So I said, all right, I'll tell you what. I'm from Red Oak, Georgia. And nobody in my whole little world would understand a word I'm about to say. But God, I want my rock from the Ganges River. I'll take it right now. If it works for these people, it'll work for me. And I held my hand out for an hour and a half. I said, I'll tell you what, God, I'm not ready to give up. (laughs) I said, I will give you 24 hours. To manifest this rock. And maybe it's me, but I, I want, I'll give you 24 hours. So I'm going to tell you what happened. I went to work the next day, and it was like secret Santa time. You know how you do that at the office. And I went into my mailbox, and I got out this little gift from my, my secret Santa. And, you know, they're not supposed to say because it's what? Secret Santa, right? So when I was going down the hall, she said, wait, wait, wait. There's one more thing. So I go, what is it? I said, well, you're not supposed to tell me. She goes, I know, I know, I know, but I got something in prayer I was supposed to give you. And this was the prayer chaplain coordinator there. She said, something I was supposed to give you. I said, what is it? She goes, open it. I said, what is it? She said, the rock from the Ganges River. (laughs) Yeah, it's a rock from the Ganges River. I said, okay, this is real. Somehow there's some universal energy. And it's bigger than a guy sitting on a chair on a cloud. And that universal energy cares very deeply about what happens to me. And in fact, is in relationship with me. So that if I can begin to align 
my thoughts, my actions, my behaviors with this energy, good things are going to happen. Critical, critical part of my journey. So what I know, again, from working with thousands of people is that it works for everyone, but we have to work it. We have to believe in it. We have to hold it. We have to see it. We have to release those things that are in the way. We have to, you know, I had to release to manifest my disbelief. I had to release my version of spirituality I had known my whole life. I had to release my limit on God to manifest that. And so each of these laws, each of the stories in the book, that one's in the book, and there are many, the one about my car, you won't believe it, some of the things. If I hadn't experienced it, I'm not sure I would have believed it, reading it. But what I know is that the universe cares very deeply about you and that the universe is in communication and you are in an intimate relationship with all that is. But it is up to you to practice the laws. Thank you for listening to the weekly message from Unity North Tampa here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com. This message is copyright 2022, Unity North Tampa, all rights reserved. Our theme music, The Light of God, is composed by Shannon Croft and used with permission and available at shannoncroft.com. The Experience of the Soul podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.